overcast with a high chance of rain and or glow clouds, well grab an umbrella, it's the Lollygaggers Podcast. On this episode, Justin goes to Disney and rides the Brooklyn Nine-Nine roller coaster, while Jeff begins and restarts Pillars of Eternity 2 about 20 different times. Both Lollygaggers break down the apocalyptic drama, The Rain, and end the night with the Gentleman's Challenge. Welcome to episode eight of the Lollygaggers podcast, a show uh, it's going to be about all sorts of different geek things, video games, board games, comics, etc. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm your other host, Justin. How's it going? Hey, man. Hey, hey man. man. Long time no uh... talk. We got to do, we got to spend more time <laughs> speaking to each other than just the weekends when we record this stuff. It's really strange because like we started this friends. podcast, we started this podcast and like we used to play games like during the week. And then ever since we started the podcast, we're like, we never see each other. It's all the homework that we give each other. That's what it is. It's now. that. And like, it's finals yeah. time for you yeah. and it's testing yeah. time for me. It's, it makes it a, a rough cocktail of too much stuff to do. So nice. we just don't have time. Nice to use a cocktail. That was very nice. Um, I enjoy that Tom Cruise movie. Top five <laughs> Tom Cruise movies. So I'm going to use it as much wow. as I can. We should do a whole episode of where just we talk analyzing about Tom Cruise. Top five Tom Cruise movies. Mm. Mm. I don't That's know. not bad. That's what a good idea. Lately, Let's, I'm going to I'm going to pencil that in. What? So uh, so this week has been uh, finals week. So we had finals week this week, and we had graduation yesterday. So uh, which is which is always fun. You dress um, like so a teach, wizard. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I teach at a college, right? So uh, we we have a fairly large uh, amount of people that uh, that walk. I don't know; it's not too bad, um, but we have trouble. It's a very small college in terms of area. We don't have like a really big uh, arena. Like we have a we used to have our graduation like on a football field outside, but I live in Arizona and it's like 110 degrees out right now. And so we don't usually do that anymore. So we've been like outsourcing our graduation to another, uh, to another other locations. The problem is the place we've been going has some real, some trouble with parking. So they sent out this email and it says, Hey, you need to park in like, you know, parking garage a, that's where, you know, faculty need to go. Yeah. A sounds yeah, great. It's gotta be right yeah, next to sense. the, right next to sure. it. It's it's perfect. Right. So I drive, go there go up to parking parking garage a and they're like nope nope can't come here gotta go to parking garage b and i'm like wait, hey, go wait, down wait. that parking garage that's that's confusing that's pet cause... Parking garage. because <laughs> that's that email's like no you specifically cannot park in, in parking garage b you have to park in parking garage a but then people are telling me otherwise so it's really confusing it's like every every year every year it's just you know anyway but that's my thing i've been uh yeah i've been doing just grading and then uh yesterday was a uh, was graduation but i have uh been getting some other games and stuff in so i'll talk about it in a few but i have not been just work uh, i can see the light at the end of the tunnel like i get me grades too, in on Monday. 11 days 11 days uh, for me yep and I, yep. i'm counting them down so much it, like i just give the kids a project and they just kind of are working on that i have laptops in my classroom they're going through that and like other than mm-hmm. that like football's been going on and football's great we had like a orange and white scrimmage Cool. Uh, a couple days ago and the kids really got into it because we put like beards on the line i don't know if you saw my twitter account and saw all the stuff going on beards on the line no i, I don't know so, so we have two coaches one's one's uh dan fox and one's jesse fox and they both are brothers so we called it the fox bowl and they both have beards and so the winner okay. got to shave the loser's beard off <laughs> the kids really got into it it's fine it's just an That's orange cool. and white inner inner scrimmage it's like it's not like we're not going against anyone else it's just the kids really enjoyed it and it was really fun and 
Mm-hmm. It's nice having like a, we have a really good group this year, really good kids of really great attitudes. So I'm just ribbing people across the field, and it was a really fun time. It's probably the most fun I've had in the inner squad scrimmage probably ever at that school. So it was really fun to be a part of. But nice. Anyways, nice. let's Very get cool. to the, the the important stuff. What right. nerdy stuff you've been doing this week? Okay, so you and I are both talking. I see on our little notes here about some big time video games. Uh, this week so i want to talk about pillars of eternity 2 uh-huh. i've seen you playing this on steam a whole Dead bunch yeah. yeah so okay i am nowhere near completing this game uh, i've actually started the game over about five or six times i tend to do this uh, I, I tend to start a character play it for a little bit and be like no i want to try it a different way and i go back and after about the fifth or sixth time of restarting the game i finally you know figure out what i want to play and so that's kind of where i'm at um but I, I, I'm not sure if you've played. Uh, you probably haven't played this. It's not really your style of game, but uh, it's it's the it's Obsidian Entertainment. It came out just a couple of days ago on uh, on Tuesday, so like I don't know May something or other. Uh, but it's a sequel to Pillars of Eternity, which came out in 2015. Now, um, this one, the sequel, was on Fig, like it was a which is sort of like an alternative to Kickstarter. And then the original Pillars of Eternity was on Kickstarter, so I back both. Um, I don't back a ton of video games anymore, but I do from time to time. And so this one is, it's like a classic computer RPG, so isometric style, so like Baldur's Gate or Torment or Icewind Dale. Have you ever played any of those types of games, like late I 90s, early 2000s? I played a little bit of Baldur's Gate, but yeah, I don't were, think I've done there were two. Fun, yeah, there were two Baldur's Gates, late 90s, early 2000s, um, and, it's, and it's that style. Like, that's, it's basically in that vein. Uh, so it's this one is it's real time, but it has pausable. You know, it's pausable combat, and you play as a variety of different classes. Some of them fairly traditional. So you got your you know your priests and your fighters and your rogues, etc. But then there's also some somewhat unique classes like ciphers and chanters, which are unique to the Pillars of Eternity world. Uh, chanters are kind of like a bard. Ciphers are kind of like a uh, kind of like a caster, but like it's, it's definitely like a caster, but it's more like mind oriented, like um, like psychic type stuff going on. Um, so you also can carry over your save from the first Pillars of Eternity. Now I don't have my save anymore because I had a my computer died and I had to redo my computer and I lost it and I hadn't actually played through Pillars of Eternity, the first one, and White Marsh and like the expansion and all that stuff. But you can, it's really cool because when you start the game in Pillars of Eternity two, you go through like a little character creation screen, the little preamble, the prologue, and you can kind of tinker with your specific decision tree that you made in Pillars of Eternity so that the game state that you start with is indicative of the choices you make because there's all sorts of choices. Uh, so, the, I, I mean, the game, I, I want to say it's set like generic, like not generically because it's a fairly unique, um, fairly unique world, but it's a, it's fantasy. You know, it's, it's fantasy with gunpowder. So there's some gunpowder elements and, and Deadfire is kind of piratey. Because uh, you get a ship and you're sort of sailing around like this, uh, uh, kind of like a Caribbean area, and you're doing all sorts of things. Like there's like a, there's kind of ship combat, but it's usually narrative. It's narrative based. It's not like you know you you. It's not like uh, Assassin's Creed uh, ship combat or anything like that. But like you're you have a pirate ship and you kind of go around. You're dealing with pirates and all sorts of stuff like that. But you're also chasing after um, Aethys, who's a god who has at this very very start of this 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 uh, this game. And this is not a spoiler because he's on like the cover, <laughs> but he's uh, he awakens and he just goes on a rampage and just starts walking, I guess, north 
and you don't know where or why, and you're just chasing them down, right? And that's kind of the premise. That's the that's the, the inciting incident for this particular game. Um, and so you have a party, and it's pretty cool. You get a, you know, it's it's party based RPG combat. Um, there's a lot of little interweavings of um, like character behavior. So like you, each of your your party members kind of interact with one another. Game, you know, it reacts to like the decisions you make in terms of some sort of like ethical or moral spectrum, that kind of thing. Um, and various characters, both in your party and outside of your party, will react to you differently based upon your, you know, how you've made certain decisions. And so the game will actually react to you. So that's pretty cool. Um, the other cool thing, uh, well, two other cool things. One, they added multi-classing. Uh, so I'm not sure if you know what multi-classing is because you're not as big of an RPG geek as I am. But multi-classing is it's sort of self-explanatory. You get to take more than one class, right? And so instead of just being a priest, you could be a priest and a rogue. And then by taking certain abilities in each of those classes, you kind of have your own subclass name. Um, so for me, like one of, the, one of the ones that I'm playing right now is a priest slash um, rogue. And I'm a zealot because I chose like a specific god. Um, and then I chose like a street fighter subclass of, of the rogue itself. So like different subclasses and there's multi-classes. So there's a lot of customization that's really available to you. And I love that stuff, but at the same time, it sort of paralyzes me and it takes me forever to actually decide on what I want to play. Um, and so I guess the final thing I want to say about this, uh, because I am also a Critical Role fan. You know what Critical Role is. I know you don't watch it, but I- Yeah, you know I've, is, I've right? seen this stuff on the streams and stuff and it's very, very, very popular. Like, 30 to 40,000 people watch them. I'm like, geez, it's just D&D. That's just like live. This. Just D&D? Yeah. You watch your mouth, I'm, sir. I'm so sorry. Watch so... your mouth. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you know what Critical Role is, uh, you might get a kick out of this. Um, but Vox Machina was the name of, like, the, during Critical Role's first D&D campaign. That was their party name. It's called Vox Machina. And they have team. And, and since most of the, the people who play on Critical Role are voice actors to some degree, um, for like cartoons and games and whatnot. Uh, they, there's like a, a crossover sort of, I, I guess you can say with Pillars of Eternity 2, where you can actually go onto the publisher's website, which is Versus Evil, and you can download voice packs so that you can actually uh, use the voices of the Critical Role characters from the first campaign as like your player, like so for as your own character. So like for me, like I'm playing in Orlan, which is kind of like a hairy gnome. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm using uh, Sam Regal's Scanlan character. And then for my dwarf that I have going on right now, my like kind of like dwarf tanky type, I'm using uh, Travis Willingham's Grog character. So I know those names don't mean anything to you, but it might mean something. Oh, to yeah, I know listening. all those names, yeah. Yeah, sure. sure. That's what Sam <laughs> just won an Emmy. So, you know, you better back off. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. So anyway, super excited. It's going to, it's going to consume like the next month and a half of my life, uh, in terms of video game play. So I'll be playing a ton. I'll check back probably. Thank God school's so. over, huh? I know. I'm so later. excited. It, it landed at such a good time. I wish I didn't have to go to Denver next week, but like, whatever. Uh, but anyway, I'll check back in, in like a month when I'm, when I'm, you know, when I played some more of it, to give you some more thoughts. Uh, but you can get it right now on steam on good old game, GOG.com, uh, for 49.99. So that's pretty, pretty cool. What about you, buddy? So uh, I've been trying to finish up God of War because uh, mm. it's amazing. Uh, okay. Probably okay. one of the best experiences I've had in a, a video game in a long time. I'm still going to go with my original statement. I know you thought that I was being a little <laughs> bit rash with yeah. my uh, 
previous statement that it might be the best game I've ever played, I think it still might be sure. the best game I've ever played. Oh my god! And I I have some up there like Ocarina of Time is a huge uh, deal for me, and Link uh, to the Past is a huge deal for me. But like this game, like when you when you meet the the combat system is is so intuitive and different, and like it's not just hack and slash. You can do all these different things, different combos. Mm-hmm. The story is unbelievably enthralling. It's just. Uh-huh. When they mix in the Norse gods and all those different things, it's just mm. so rich and beautiful. Uh, it's it's emotionally riveting. Like the stuff he has with his son, it, when you link it to the older stuff that he had with the previous games, you know, like the original God of Wars, he killed his wife and son, and now he has a new son. And you see that he doesn't want to get close to his son because he doesn't want to have to go through the same tragedies he did before. Mm-hmm. And then you, you mix with it the new interactions with these new gods. Um, the acting is unbelievable. The guy who plays Kratos is the big uh, alien guy from the original Stargate. The big dude that had the thing on his oh, forehead. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what the hell's this, what the hell's that actor's name? Oh my god, I'm blanking. But he's Kratos, and he does an amazing job. The kid's not annoying. You think that at some point the kid would get annoying and ridiculous, but he's not. He just makes it even better. He he's a great child actor, whoever that is. It looks unbelievable, and there's a 4K option if you have like a 4K monitor and a good enough graphics card, or if you have an Xbox, whatever the new Xbox thing is, it does all 4K. Right. The game is just unbelievable, and the story is astounding. It's it's and it's not too bogged down with like those Naughty Dog, you know, because you know like it's it's almost Naughty Dog esque, like those um, those. Um, Drake's Fortune, what is it called? Uncharted games. You yeah. know, where sometimes Uncharted games almost are too much like a movie, you know, where it's like there's not enough action or it's almost too formulaic. Like, okay, well, there's probably going to be guys with guns come up here soon and it's third person and it's not really super interactive. But like, yeah, there's some moments in, I love the Uncharted games, but there's some moments in those games where I'm like, man, there are a lot of people. Like, and I was ooh, supposed to be the first one in this thing. How did they all get here in front like, of me? How did they get there? How it's did they nuts. bypass this crazy... It's like, like, I'm the first human that's ever stepped into the mm-hmm. El Dorado. And I don't know how I feel about just like murdering uh, like, uh, something like 400 people. I think yeah. I just murdered 400 people just to get a coin or something. But yeah. like with, with God of War, all that stuff makes sense. And like the, the, the fighting isn't too few and far in between. There's puzzles... After you beat the game, you can go to multiple side stories and multiple side quests and multiple side realms. Because, like, at the beginning of the game, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be a Midgard and deal with this cool Midgard type of thing. Where, like, oh, it's all snowy and neat. But, like, no, you can go to all nine realms. You have to unlock them. But you have to go to all nine realms and travel to Asgard, to Helheim, and all these different cool places in Norse mythology. I'm like, this is just unbelievable. And it's just it's such a cool. great game. So... Anthony Simcoe, by the way, that's the name I was. That's fair, yeah. So I'm gonna double down. I know you're like oh, these kids, this generation, oh, they don't on. appreciate. You can't the make a statement like this. Like it's ridiculous. We gotta stop with like it's the media so evaluation. good we do it all the time. We do it it's with so good. We do it with I, teams, I have a conversation with my with my buddy Crutch all the time about this, um, and we always are talking um, about like how is it this good? How is how is it possibly this good? Because like, you just he, experienced it, so you're on a high from it. It doesn't matter, man. It's, it's going to stick I'm around. I'm not saying it's bad. And it's also open-ended, so like you know there's going to be more. It's just... Uh, anyways, 
I almost Wait, stopped, uh, a God of War sequel? What? There's I no was, way. Who thought there's already been four? How could they make more yeah. after four? I, think I four don't see it. what the point yeah. is. Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to lush on that cool. a little bit. So right on, man. What else have you been right. up to? All right, so I caught something in the news this week, uh, which has kind of interested me. Uh, a little board game announcement uh, coming out from IDW Games. So it's a game called uh, Batman: The Animated Series, uh, Gotham under siege so it's kind of a long name it's a name that has both a colon and a hyphen in it so i'm thinking the title is a little uh on the cumbersome side but uh, nonetheless i'm super excited uh to see what this game kind of breaks out into because about um, two months ago a game came up on kickstarter i talked about it with you a bit on the show called gotham city chronicles it was a batman game it was a miniatures based game uh, but I ended up not backing that. And one of the reasons I didn't back it was because it was a, a 1v all game. What that means is that one person plays the bad guys and then everybody else plays the good guys. And so uh, I found that those that game style is difficult to make work in, uh, in my game group. We don't we have a, I have a couple of those types of games, um, but they don't necessarily work for us. And so we usually do better with just everyone against themselves, you know, every you know, free for all or you know, everyone's on the same team. So either do one or the other. Um, so this Batman game, uh, which is a different Batman game, different company, different designer. This one's Richard Launius, uh, who's designing this, who is known for like Arkham Horror, which is a pretty well-known uh, well-known game and Elder Sign, a couple of those. Um, but this one looks, or at least it sounds like it's fully cooperative. It, like the the little blurb they have out, I don't think it actually says fully cooperative, but, but judging from the way they describe it, it's a game for one to five players who play as Batman and his allies. So that to me sounds like it's, we're probably all playing Batman or Batman um, allied characters. Uh, so like Robin or something like that, whatever. Um, I'm a huge Batman fan. You know that of all of the superheroes that I can think of, um, Batman is, is number one and it's not even really close. Um, so, and since I passed on the first Batman, I'm a little, um, a little inclined to do this. Plus, it's based on Batman the Animated Series. And it's an extra bonus. I mean, Batman I good, but an animated love. series. Oh, it was so good. Like, I yeah. still remember watching, like, Batman Animated Series when it first came out. I would watch in the 90s. It was so good. I loved everything about that show. Um, and so that might actually make it. This one's also a miniatures game. The, the press release that IDW put out that I'm looking at, at least, doesn't have any pictures of the miniatures yet. Um, but this actually is supposed to be available in August uh, 2018, and it's going to be at the Origins Game Fair, which is in uh, Ohio, actually, I think. so. Um, but uh, we should hopefully have some more information on it then within the next month or two. Uh, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to getting some more information on this. They, the, in terms of like mechanics, they don't really talk about much, but they talk about dice allocation and threat management. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly what that, that's going to mean. Um, but they also talked that not, not only is there going to be character miniatures and a bunch of like artwork that's reminiscent of the actual animated series, but there's also going to be like 3D city buildings, whatever that means. Um, so I'm always kind of interested in seeing how games mess around with terrain since it's something I do for like RPGs and whatnot. So I kind of like seeing those types of things. Um, and also the other thing of note from their press release is that uh, this is not going to be a, a game that they're going to stop with. They're actually going to have more releases, whether they're going to be standalone releases or not, I don't know, or just expansions, but they're going to be adding, quote, subsequent releases in the series that are going to have, like, other heroes, other villains, other settings, all that kind of stuff. So it has the potential to be, like, a franchise, um, which could be interesting as long as the game has the mechanics to sort of back up the really cool IP that they've collected for this. 
Uh, but it's definitely something I'm looking out I mean, looking out for. And should we get some news over the next couple of months as board game convention season starts, uh, I'll probably touch back on uh, on this topic at some point. So but that's Batman, the animated series, Gotham Under Siege from IDW Games. Uh, what about you, man? Um, well, I would be remiss if I did not speak lately about my trips to Disney with my wife. Um, because uh-huh. if I do not talk about them eventually... She will probably have a large argument with me. It's been like weeks we've been going, and she's like, "When are you gonna talk about Disney?" I'm like, "Okay, we'll talk." Have, about have, did you talk about Disney? Like, you like couple I, I think I kind of like barely, mm. like crossed it, but like, mm-hmm. so we got annual passes, and we've never really done that before. But we had a little extra pocket money, so we decided to to invest in it. And I hadn't really been to Disney in years, and I decided to kind of go into it. And we've been taking our time, and it's really become a fun thing, because, like, when you have an annual pass, you can just kind of go there for a couple hours and leave, and you don't feel bad about it. Like, a couple weeks ago, we went to Pandora, and we went on their boat ride, and the boat ride is, like, you go Pandora, is that the Avatar thing? Yeah, it's Avatar. So, first off, it looks amazing. Like, you go into the boat ride, and we you get three fast, fast passes a day, and you can even schedule those three fast passes way ahead of time. So, what we did is way ahead of time. We schedule this fast pass because these 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 rides are very very popular right now, so it's very hard to get the fast pass. So we got it, and we got it like for two weeks in advance, and we went, and uh, we went and saw that one ride. And I, if I would have waited ninety minutes in that line, I probably would have fought somebody. But because it was a fast pass, we waited three minutes in line, and it's just a little boat ride through mm. the Avatar world, and it's like you see the little jellyfishy things in the air, and it's really cool and all super lit up, and you see like. Things like jumping on lily pads on top of it. It's super cool. And at the end, you see a giant Navi playing on drums. And like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, nice. We should like, probably mention that Justin actually lives like, what, like 45 minutes, hour yeah, away? It's, it's not that far away. So it's like, a, it's like a quick ride. Like other people have to travel like really long way. Yeah, Justin, people Justin think of Disney like as like the greatest thing they've ever thought of doing. But as a, you know, me growing up in this area, it's like, yeah, it's just Disney, you know? But now that I'm. Yeah older i get to appreciate the level of detail they put into things you never see a speck of trash around the entire park mm. it's so very clean their their uh fireworks show is phenomenal and they do it every night it's so very well organized and well done um we went to epcot today with a old high school friend of mine with him and his uh two-year-old daughter and his wife went and saw nemo uh, and enjoyed the hell out of it. It was great. It is Nemo. Nemo's great. And then uh, afterwards, we went to the little uh, aquarium and enjoyed seeing some fishies and dolphins. And then we went over to America and had some food. And uh, even though we're in a, a, mm-hmm. a theme park that has all the countries in it, we still decided to eat in America because we were being, uh, I guess, lazy about it. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> But like the convenience is great because like, like I said, it's 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 forty five minutes away, and I really do appreciate the next level of you know, when you're a kid. You know, it's, it's Disney. It's great. It's like a weird lull. Like when you're like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, you don't like it so much. It's it's just not cool. But now as a thirty one year old, I'm like, man, this is really cool and, and fun. And this Avatar stuff. When I went with my wife, it's we went at night and the lights were on. And everything glows. It's just really, really neat. And that 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 uh, boat ride, which is really cool. And then I also found out recently, 
an old student of mine uh, has started her own little uh, podcast to go uh, with Disney. And it's called Waltz Vault. Uh, and I started listening today with my wife. And it's just nice seeing an old student of mine that I spent a ton of time with. Uh, so, like it's like she's doing it officially for Disney, or is it just sort of like like kind I of what we're doing? Because she's got like a thing. sponsorship for like a a t shirt thing. Hmm. I cool. think it's independent, but like she has a sponsor sponsorship with a t shirt company that does Disney stuff. So I don't, I'm really confused. I wanted to kind of ask her what the hell came from, but like, and how do you get them? Yeah, right. That's a good question. Right? Do you just talk about? Disney over this is this is Justin really just talking about Disney because he wants Disney yeah. to like buy our, our podcast and then yeah. he could somehow be in the next Avengers movie. Like Yeah, that like, that's that's the end one, game here. Step one, yeah. convince Disney to buy our podcast. Step, step two, two Avengers. Question mark, question mark, question mark. And then step three, Justin's in the Avengers movie. Yeah. Right. With a speaking yeah. role. Reverse. Snap. Like, oh my god, isn't that Captain America and Iron Man together? That's crazy. <laughs> insane right, yeah. but i just want to talk about it i'm pretty sure if i didn't start talking about disney a little bit more my wife would be very very upset because uh she right. loves doing it with me i love doing it with her it's so much fun she's getting a little she gets her little ears with cinderella bow on it and i go okay. and i try and get some type of like uh, i got a scrooge mcduck shirt that said the boss this is like a boss on it it's scrooge okay. mcduck he's the best so uh right on. we get into it so that's what i've been what else what else you've been doing all right, so I got a couple couple quick ones here. I think we both have a couple quick ones here, or at least one or two. All right, so uh, hey, did you uh, did you like the movie uh, Tenacious D? Uh, the I Destiny? did. I it's a it's a ridiculous movie, but that album's fantastic, and the movie's yeah. ridiculous and fun. So like, I like. I uh, I really like Tenacious D because it's just they're just first of all, I think their music is good uh, in like a, a fun way. But it's just fun. and Jack Black's a great singer. I think honestly, yeah. he's fantastic. Well, I mean, Kyle Bass is pretty pretty cool too uh so uh anyway here's the news so there's not a whole lot of information but i just wanted to mention it because i saw it somewhere i don't even remember where but i saw it somewhere tenacious d uh is they're getting a sequel to the pick of destiny uh, there's no information in terms of like when it's gonna happen is there a name uh, for it or anything no there's nothing all it is is they it was jack black mentioned it because uh, they were doing some kind of uh, anniversary tour i think uh or something like that or they were performing somewhere with couple of other bands and and it just it was doing some kind of interview it might have been even with like i don't know i don't know if it was conan o'brien or not but anyway the point is here's the big takeaway there's going to be a sequel to the pig of destiny whether or not that's going to go to theaters or whether or not it's going to go straight to streaming we don't know yet but you know everyone just get excited uh because I mean, at long last at long last uh, pick of us now i know the, the the first movie didn't do particularly well uh in terms of you know the money stuff and i know that's important but uh, there's a sequel coming out and that's pretty cool so that's one of my quick hits uh the other quick hit uh so did do you know anything about uh did you did you see the news about google duplex you know what i'm talking about not, i have no idea what you're talking about Okay, so Google I.O. that was like this a developer conference happened this week. Uh, I'm not like a huge tech head or anything like that. I don't want to act like I am. I don't want to misrepresent myself. But uh, I do, I have been, I need, a, I need a new phone. So I've been really paying attention lately and trying to decide what I want to get next. Um, so I was looking at, you know, just sort of looking at some tech videos and some reviews of different phones and whatnot. And I came across uh, like the Google, some, some people who were talking about things that went down at Google I.O., and one of them was Google Duplex. And so Google, Google Duplex, it's, um, you know what Google Assistant is, right? 
Um, like, oh no, gosh, no, Google Assistant. It's like it's Google's. It's Android's version of like Siri. Uh, if you're, an, I'm not. I'm not sure what you use, but like, uh, but it's basically voice activated assistant, and whatnot. And like, they're they've been developing. They're kind of evolving AI over time, right? And so they did these demos, uh, like on stage, and they showed this demo of this thing called Google Duplex. So, like right now, if you have like Google Home or use your phone, like you can do a voice command, you can ask it to like you know add this to your calendar or do or set a reminder or a timer and that kind of stuff, right? And it's pretty useful. It's pretty it's pretty helpful. Um, but uh, Google showed off uh, a little new thing this week where they they have gotten their AI to the point. Uh, where it can have a conversation with a human being and the human being had no idea. So I'm not sure if this is coming out anytime soon, but this is thing called Google duplex. So you should take a look for it and what, and watch the video. I put it, I'll put it in the show notes. And so what they did in this demo is they explained how, if you don't want to talk to other human beings, you will eventually be able to tell Google assistant to like make an appointment uh, for like, I think it was a haircut. Um, or make a reservation at, at a restaurant. And so you say, you know, you say, you know, hey, Google, go ahead and, uh, you know, make me a haircut for, you know, make me a, ha a haircut appointment uh, for like Tuesday at one or something like that. And and then what, it, what it'll do is it will call the actual haircut place, the actual barbershop or whatever it is. And it will talk to the person who answers the phone as if it was a human and it won't declare that like, Hey, I'm an AI. And in the demo they showed, it was incredibly convincing because these were supposedly like actual demos of it really happening. And like, this was really Google assistant, Google duplex actually talking uh, to these, these people on the phone. And they had no idea that they were talking to them because there's like all sorts of stutters and uhs and ums that you would normally hear, like the way we speak. Right. So if you listen to our podcast, there's all sorts of stutters and ums and like sometimes our, our voice goes up, sometimes it goes down. We use like slang and colloquial language from time to time. And so it was doing it, man. And it was doing it and it was so good. Like, I don't know uh, what's up. I don't know if the AI is so good. Like it's going to pass that, was it the, the Turing test or something like that? But and then Cyberbender becomes self-aware and this is when we all die. Like I, that's what I put in the notes. I said, Google's becoming Skynet. It's happening. Who knew? Uh, but uh, it was pretty cool. So if, uh, if you got like a couple minutes to spare, uh, head on the old YouTubes uh, or wherever else you want to go, but look up Google Duplex and watch those watch those uh, on stage demos uh, from uh, from Google I/O 2018. Just happened this past week. It's uh, it was pretty pretty crazy. Right. So uh, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right. What do you got next? <laughs> so, have you heard about the travesty? That is happening over mm -hmm. at Fox. Um, uh, yes, but uh, it's. Did you hear about the new news? Uh, so what's what's your news? So go ahead. The, the first travesty. First off, do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? I do not. Actually, it is an amazing show. It's so funny. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a little while for them to find their stride. It takes like a season or two. That's most shows. Like even The Office took like two seasons right. to really be great. Yeah, yeah, um, it takes time. But it is really hitting its stride of just super funny. And um, Vega recently got canceled by Fox like two days ago. I know. And they've been flirting with this idea of them being canceled for a long time. It's them, The Mick, and uh, Last Man on Earth, which I very much like Last Man on Earth. I think uh, Will Forte yeah. is great in that show. Um, but they canceled those three shows. 
And so I was upset. I was distraught. Beside but. myself. But, like you said, a angel swooped from the heavens and picked them up. Right. NBC know. has decided to pick up Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> NBC so, swooping in NBC, the heavens. the channel that doesn't know how to make original contact anymore. Yeah. Uh, they, they decided they to pick do. up uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But, like, it, it's, for, it's for the sixth season. Here's my fears. Okay. There's another great show. That was canceled by a network. It was called Scrubs. And it was an mm-hmm. amazing show. That's when true. it was canceled, it was originally on NBC. When it was canceled, ABC picked it up. I know, and it I became complete garbage. Um, it, well, they completely redid it. They didn't get everyone yeah. back. And not everyone got on board for the final season to do it. And so they, they decided to just redo the show. Yeah. They hired a bunch of new cast. Like, a couple people hung around. Like, Zach Braff was in and out a few times and, and whatnot. Yeah, and it, it was, was like a different concept and com- right. com- completely different group of people. I almost. don't think that's going to happen here because they they it, it took, like, within 24 hours, they were picked back up. And I think there was yeah. there was more time between when Scrubs was canceled. And it Scrubs seems like everyone is sticking around. Like, I don't think any Sandberg's gonna go leave yeah, anytime right. soon, but like I, I wouldn't be. I, I love the show. The guy who plays Captain Holt, he's been he was in uh, the Wire. He's been in a ton of stuff. The guy's amazing. He's probably one of the best depictions of homosexuality in, in TV. He's one of the greatest representations I've ever seen. He's such okay. a great. Okay. <laughs> he's such a great, great actor, and the whole thing's fantastic. Um, Andy Sandberg is ridiculous. But he's just one of the many personalities on the show. And like uh, Joe Tortuga, I think is his name. He's unbelievable in it. Um, You have uh, all these different actors and actresses that are just great. And they've really formed different personalities that they've really worked over time. And you just absolutely love. Terry Crews is fantastic in it too. And I have a bit of a theory about why they were canceled at Fox. I think it's okay. almost directly related to Terry Crews stuff has been going on lately. I think oh, really? uh, he's getting a little blackballed, and this is one of the ways they're doing it. But it'd be a shame man, if that's what they're can't, doing. You can't say that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, that's just my, it's my conspiracy theory coming out. Oh, that's what, that's uh, the the, the, uh, the views of Justin are not necessarily adopted <laughs> by the views of the Lolly Guyers podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's just my theory. It's my conspiracy theory. Okay. But so, like, I'm just glad he's being picked back up. On Saturday news, because uh, yeah. like the past couple of days, like it's been it's been crazy. There have been so many series canceled, and most of them I don't really care about too much. Um, but one that got canceled is actually The Expanse got canceled oh, at Sci-Fi. No. I'm pretty bummed out. Um, there's talk maybe that it might get picked up by Netflix because there's it's got a, apparently a really complex distribution system because Sci-Fi apparently didn't own. Um, a lot of the didn't own the sets or like the costumes and stuff like that, and I and I don't think they had enough. They like they didn't get dibs on like uh, non live distribution. Like so, if people were you know getting watching like seven days later or if they were streaming and stuff like that. So it was kind of a weird setup for sci fi, and so they weren't making a ton of, and didn't have like the greatest ratings. But apparently, internationally, uh, Netflix actually distributes sci fi or excuse me, distributes uh, The Expanse. So people are kind of crossing their fingers and hoping that maybe Netflix comes to the rescue uh, and we can see season four of The Expanse. There's so a lot of show. exciting, or not exciting, great just show. like surprising things of people, of things getting canceled or, or yeah. things being renewed. Like, like how does Lethal Weapon make it but not Brooklyn Nine-Nine? That doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. Anyways, that's all I got. I just hope yeah. it ends up being just as good as it currently is because, man, 
I love that show. It's one thing that me and my wife, we always sit down and we watch together, and we just can't get enough. I think Andy Samberg's great, and all the entire cast is, is fantastic. So, Anyways, Okay. That's that. All right. So we have rambled on for a significant time. I think it's time for us to stop doing that and start uh, breaking down whatever we got going on for this week. Uh, so we're going to head over to the breakdown, uh, and hopefully you'll see us on the other side. It's the movie. <laughs> Breakdown. The Rain is a Danish television show created by Yannick Ty Moschalt, Christian Potolivo, and Esben Toth Jakobsen. Sorry if I got any of those wrong. Uh, it premiered on Netflix in early May 2018. The show follows siblings Simone and Rasmus as they cope with a post-apocalyptic world after living in a bunker for several years. Now, the cause of the apocalypse is a bit murky, but it somehow involves the rain, hence the title of the show. Now, almost immediately in the first episode, Simone and her family are whisked away to this bunker by her father, who's desperate to get them away from this incoming rainstorm. Uh, he doesn't really tell them exactly what's going on. Now, the rest of the first episode sees a series of events and complications to the family's plan uh, to sort of ride out whatever storm is, is coming. Uh, and the second episode brings in other characters and explores the world uh, about six years after the rain helped to spread what apparently was some kind of deadly virus. Um, now, these really aren't spoilers. It's sort of in the premise of the show. If you do, if you read any of the, the adverts about it, you're kind of going to get that basic idea. Now, we're going to cover little bits and pieces of the events from the first two episodes only, and we're going to talk about whether or not we're going to dive in for the long haul. Um, and along the way, it's possible we're going to spoil some things, uh, but we'll do our best not to give everything away. Uh, so uh, tune in, and we'll see what we have to say about the rain. All right, Justin, you want to lead us off? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, right. a, a really good first two episodes. Um it's an interesting concept, um, like how mysterious it is as to what's going on, the delivery system of the, I guess, the antagonist of the rain, you know what I mean? And, the rain's um, the antagonist. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, I'm sick of zombies, me personally, I can't, I can't take it anymore. Zombies are done, they're so passe, okay, it's so yesterday, mm. but yes. um, this is a nice little twist. And it seems a little bit different, you know, because, like, there is somewhat of a zombie-esque aspect to it. There's, like, zombies. 28 Days Later thing, you know? Oh, yeah. It's the rage virus. This yeah. is, like, the rain virus. Yeah. yeah. But, like... They're soaking wet zombies. They're just really soaking wet yeah, yeah. zombies. There's, None there's, of them had an umbrella. They just look like that dog thing. Like, yeah. But, like, yeah. I still thought it was a really interesting new way to go about it. Um, I think it's shot beautifully. Like it's it's shot like a movie, um, I, the lack of color really sets the tone. You know, even though I do get a little tired of this monotone sepia type of feel to things sometimes, but I I enjoyed it in this in this show. Um, I thought the acting is pretty good, even though it is dubbed. The dubbed isn't. Mm. Oh, you watched it dub? I watched I it. I, I switched over to subtitles. I gotta be able yeah. to look away sometimes. Me and Reading, yeah. we don't get along so well, you know. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, but like I thought that the even the dubbing was pretty well acted. Um, the uh, the the little thing how like how things went over time. Try not to spoil things. How, how time went by and 
little developments of that are interesting. Yeah, there is a little bit of a montage. I mean, we, we kind of yeah. have to give it away. Yeah. And like, there's like it's it's in it's the, the, six the darn premise explanation. So like, yeah. the first episode really is like the six years uh, yeah. in the bunker, and then and then second episode is like, all right, we're out of the bunker. So yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like it's like they already spoiled that themselves yeah. with their press release information. So I, don't, I feel like we're not but really doing anything there. It's a really interesting story, and how they kind of end up abandoned. And the little tiny mysteries that are about it that are very strange, like the visitor in the middle of the night and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if like, such a visitor, if it even happened, right? Or right. like what, how they gave like two alternate versions of the mother and father's conversation. You know how one time you heard the conversation, it seemed like the mother wanted something to happen, but then the second time the conversation, it seemed like she didn't want it to happen. Right? It was a very right. weird. It was interesting. It was very peculiar. Yeah, yeah, that was a very peculiar scene. That was, and that was actually a flashback scene. So yeah, um, so it's like yeah. it kind of like which one's reality is right. So so one of the yeah. things we're talking about here, and this again, not not really a spoiler, but like very early on within the the first episode, is we learned that the son uh, Rasmus, um, his he's got some sort, of, you know, he's he's got an illness. The father was a doctor, and so there's some flashback scenes towards when he was. I guess at the height of his illness and when the father was, you know, administering medication and stuff like that. And whether or not that has anything to do with the overarching story, we have no real idea yet. Um, but there's, but it seems connected somehow. Oh yeah. I think yeah. It, it does. At least they want us to think it's connected. Whether yeah. it ends up being and whether it's like the scene of one put doubt in our mind of whether it's his father created the virus or if he created a cure for the virus like one of the two right. things you know we have no so idea yeah but it's like interesting that they put like that little thing where like they gave two versions of it i was like well that's interesting how like maybe she was just misremembering of what happened and sure. stuff like that and it's just like yeah. it's 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 a really interesting little thing i, I enjoyed it um i'm gonna finish out the season Mm-hmm. Luckily, in about eleven days that I keep counting down, nice, uh, nice, I'm nice. gonna have plenty of time to watch whatever TV I want to watch. Right. So this well, is definitely gonna, I'm gonna try and finish up. So, what did you think of the show? Okay, so I hated the first episode. Um, I really did. I couldn't stand it. Um, I, I, man, it was super frustrating. I watched the first couple of minutes uh, with the dubbed, uh, and I checked out and uh, and I switched over to to subtitles. I just kind of have to. Um, I don't know why it is. I just. I just I prefer I prefer to read and just have the original actors' inflections uh, carry over. But that's got nothing to do with my interpretation or why I didn't like the first one. I just found the first episode to be kind of frustrating in the sense that like they do the dumbest things. Like like you have to. I guess you kind of got to accept the fact that these characters make the stupidest decisions, and that always frustrates me. And so there's a lot of things going on where like. I don't know, some of the decisions of certain characters, I'm like, why is that happening? Why are you doing this right now? Okay, and hey, look what happens. The most expected thing that's going to happen based upon your decision, it's totally obvious. It's totally like foretold. Like if you do it, if you do this, X is gonna happen and that's exactly what happens. So I got really, really frustrated uh, watching the first episode. Now, the second episode got me back. So I definitely like the second and I too am going to continue watching it. Um, I think maybe, it's the introduction of the new characters really creates. Yeah, once once they get out of the bunker, I, I hated the bunkers. The other thing that frustrated me is just like, why are we in a bunker for the whole first episode? If like well, that's not what we're gonna do, I, I feel like 
I don't know, start closer to the end of your story. Then to me, it's like, we don't need to start there. Like just, just, just start with the, the bunker door opening up or something like that. Like, see, like episode two seems like the, the more natural or the better place to start the story. And you always have the ability in television to do little mini flashbacks like you've already done uh, to incorporate any of the little bits and pieces that you had. Because ultimately I don't think episode one really accomplished a whole lot. And I think episode two accomplished so much more. Um, there's a few things that frustrated me about the acting and it's hard to, and it's always kind of hard to tell sometimes when it, when it comes to, you know, other languages. Um, cause I don't speak Danish, uh, <laughs> but I, I got, I, I really, really know that the son's name is Rasmus. I really know. Like if yeah, you want to have a drinking game bunch. and you want to get super wasted and just absolute loaded, uh, do a drinking game and take a shot every time somebody says Rasmus, especially the sister. Cause like, it'll take 15 minutes and you're just going to keel over. Like, it just got really frustrating. Um, so that was kind of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think it tones down a bit in the second episode, but like the first episode was just so much the brother and the sister that it was just laborious to get through. And then when you got into the second episode and now there's all these other people and it's like, okay, this is so much better. We should have started here. This is, this is infinitely better. And even still like the second episode I liked um, even more is that some of those flashbacks that we get to help give us contacts kind of, Kind of like the way that like Lost used to do it, like with, oh, let's give some flashbacks this episode to give you some context about what's going on in the current story of the episode. Like it's, it's that, but to, probably to a lesser degree. It's not as, it, you know, the, the flashbacks don't take up as much, right? But it gave us flashbacks of a completely different character. And so that was kind of cool. So and it, really gives you, it gives you an understanding of his actions, of what he's doing, right. why he makes right. the decisions he's making because of the things exactly. that happened in the past. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. So it gives you context, right? So like, you know, backstory, you know, gives value to what's going on and like in the, in the modern, you know, they were the present day story storyline. So I really like that portions of it, but, um, I would say, I mean, for me, like getting past the first episode was a hurdle. It really was like, I got annoyed <laughs> sometimes it was one of those, like, I just yelled at the screen and it was like, what, like what's going on. I also found like the kids, like the son's age or the brother's age was difficult to pin down. Like, even though we, you know his age, it's just like the six years passed and now he looks like he's 20 or something, which is kind of weird. But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, but overall, like, good show. But I, I really do think the first episode for me was just like, it just wasn't good. Like, I just didn't like it at all. And I definitely, I definitely think that the, the story picks up in episode two and i hope that moving forward it has more of the the tone and the tenor of what's going on now the end of episode two kind of gives the brother and sister purpose like what they're going to go to and where their show might go to next and so that's kind of interesting um but you know we'll see but it wasn't it was pretty good it was not pretty everyone's good. first episode can be lost classic well, yeah. movie like unbelievable pilot also I mean, one of the most expensive pilots ever made if everybody just like hires Matthew Fox and starts the show with his eye opening, you're going to be okay. Like, I just feel you know like that you the guy that. that greenlit that pilot got fired. Oh, really? That's a shame. That's Did you know that they were originally going to kill Jack off? This is pretty common knowledge at this point, but they were originally going to kill Jack off within the first like pilot or you know, first episode or two. And like, they were going to set him up as like the big hero, like as normal, but then they're going to kill him off. And they wanted to get like a big name. And I think the name that they were floating around was Michael Keaton. And it was going to, he was going to be a little bit older. And then, uh, but they decided not to. I would have watched a Michael Keaton lost any day. I'll watch anything with Michael Keaton. I love that guy. That guy's got so Don't much go range. What are we talking about Michael Keaton for in the rain? He was, Michael Keaton is not in the rain. Don't go chasing waterfalls. All right. 
<laughs> Listen, you gotta creep. Okay, you gotta creep. Really? You don't, you don't, yeah. That's you do, especially in the rain, because it's a post-apocalyptic world, and if you don't creep around, then you're gonna get the the, the rain zombies are gonna come for you. Which is I also like how they kind of like setting up in the the show yeah. that like it was in the rain, but like stagnant water holds it and stuff like that. And sure, because it, it's like the it's 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 the it's called the rain, but it's at this point it's it's just water in general, right? Like it's just any any water, not necessarily any water because it was distilled or something like that. It's fine, but. Like any any water that might have come from the sky or is in that cycle, you know, the evaporate evaporation cycle or whatever, then yeah, it's probably going to affect you. Like how it affects you, we don't fully know. We've seen a little bit of like what happens when somebody is exposed to the rain, um, but we don't know fully like what happens post. And so we've only seen bits and pieces. This, this isn't like this isn't like Walking Dead where they just just get so overboard with like, hey, look there's a billion different zombies and let's just show you all sorts of cool ways we can kill them. So it's not like that. Like it, they use the whole idea of like rain zombies and infected people really sparingly. And so I credit them for that. Like it's, they're not like overdoing that idea. Like it's there, but it's not like super, super heavy. Would you recommend this to somebody else? Yeah, I would. Um, I would recommend it, especially if you, you know, if you like these types of shows, if you like post-apocalyptic, uh, it's an interesting take. Uh, it's a little different. I'm not sold on the leads, like the two, the brother and sister yet. Um, but I would definitely recommend people trying it out. And I, and I would actually encourage people if, if you're like me and, and you may or may not be, but if you're like me and, and you watch that first episode and you're like, oh my God, watch the second, like definitely watch the first two episodes, because I do think that the second episode is more indicative of what the show is going to be like. Uh, and which is one of the reasons why I don't understand why the first episode was what it was. Like, it, it seems like that, that to me seems like a strange decision. Um, so, but stick with it. It's, it's an above, to me, it was an above average start after, a, after a little misstep, it got better. So stick with it through two episodes and then make your decision after that. That would be my suggestion. By you, man. I actually recommended it last night to, uh, my head coach. Nice. He's like, uh. What do you suggest on Netflix? They like making jokes that I'm super nerdy and into like movies and video games all the time, you know. Oh, I uh -huh. But lo and behold, when they want to watch something new on Netflix, who do they call this guy? That's what they call oh, this guy. Okay. Yeah. So like, okay. So like, uh, uh, he said, "Do you suggest a movie?" And I said, "You got to watch Rain. It's pretty decent." And um, he go, but then I told him it was dubbed. He's like, "I don't, know, I don't really like dub too much, but." I actually did recommend it, so I would recommend it going forward. I thought it's a pretty good show, um, nice. and I, I want to finish it out. And so, yeah, I'm gonna finish it. it I'm, I'm definitely well gonna start it. Yeah, so it's 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 hooked me enough that I want to watch the rest of it for the this season. So it would need to go really bad in the next two or three episodes for me to stop watching. So like, I, I definitely like the premise, and I want to learn a little bit more about it. So, but I, I definitely like the premise more than I like the characters, and that's always for me a dangerous situation because I can get tired of the premise, like Walking Dead. Uh, but usually if I really like a character or characters like Lost, I'll stick with a premise that's a little quirky and weird if I like, you know, the characters that I'm following. So so I'm a little nervous about that. But like there's a character that comes into the second one called Martin, who I kind of so far have a good first impression and want a little bit more about him. So if, if he tends to be a little bit more of a centerpiece, then I might be a little bit more hooked. So. But uh, that is The Rain. You can catch it up on Netflix right now. All episodes uh, from its first season are available. Uh, so we both uh, we both recommend it. Take a look at it. Uh, but uh, choose between subtitling and dubbing at uh, at your 
your preference. Uh, all right, so that's enough for our breakdown of the week. We're going to head over to Justin's uh, comic pool and see what he's got for us. It's time for the bi-weekly pool. All right, so this week on the bi-weekly pool, I chose an image comic um, called Redneck. So a couple of weeks ago... Or I'm intrigued. Last, yeah, so, so far so good. Last week I went to um, Free Comic Book Day and I asked around, I was like, so what do you guys suggest? It's relatively new. They gave me two, so I thought I'd try out this first one, uh, Redneck, first. But um, basically, the best way I can describe this, okay, like the, the, the clearest way. First off, the writer is Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates has done a lot of pretty good writing recently. He had a really good run of Doctor Strange recently. The artist is Lysandra Estherin. Um, and her, her art is very, um, the best way I can describe it is, remember the old book, the BFG? I do. Yeah. Right. They, so they turned it into a, they turned it into a yeah, movie, made a movie. So yeah. like, you know how, like how very liney it is, lots of like rough sketch and stuff like that. Yes. It's very much like that. So it's very gritty looking, but it's not like dark. It's just kind of like that weird type of extra lines here and there. But it's a really interesting look to a comic, and I can really appreciate, you know, really good art. That's one of the main reasons why I love comic books. So, back to what it is. So, basically, the best way I can describe it is, think of the Hatfields and the McCoys, right? But it's... Okay. It's redneck vampires versus priests. Okay? Redneck vampires versus... Uh, okay, I'm on board so far. Right. So, so, keep going. The idea is you have this family called the Bowmans. The Bowmans are a family that run a barbecue restaurant in the area. And uh, the family consists of uh, JV. His name's JV. His real name's John. They call him JV. And his three boys. Um, and they also have uh, another guy who lives at the house. His name's Barlett. And they have also a young girl. And they have a creepy grandfather. So they have been... They have been... Not zombies. They have been vampires... Since, well, at least Barlett, it kind of follows Barlett. Barlett is kind of the main uh, protagonist of the story. And he's been a vampire since um, the Alamo, pretty much. And right. he basically he becomes a vampire because he escaped the Alamo on a horse and he was hunted down by vampires and was bit. And so basically it follows him in his, in his house, in his house as JV, his kids. And um, basically, they have a uh, a feud with a local uh, uh, group called the Landrys. And so the Landrys, head Landry guy, is a um, priest. And you learn later on why the feud started and all that stuff. Um, so basically, the young boys of the family, they're like college age. They leave for a night on the town to go to a, a bar of the exotic type. Okay, And while there, there's a kerfuffle. And during the kerfuffle, they get involved in this fight with a couple Landry boys. And so something happens where Barlett has to go try and help bail him out of the situation. And when it happens, the Landry's uh, head father shows up, who is a priest, and says a few choice words to Barlett. And then there's a blackout scenario. And when he kind of wakes up, one of the boys is dead, hanging from a tree on fire because they're vampires, and all the cattle around their uh, their facility is is dead. 
They use the cattle to help provide meat for the area, and then they also use its, their blood to try and feed because they don't feed on people. So when this happens, it creates an issue where the peripheral poop hits the fan and uh, uh, it makes them want to... Uh, did you say the proliferal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean proverbial? No, I said peripheral, the vision. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Okay. so... It's coming out of the corner of our eye. <laughs> it poops, the poop hits the fan, and so basically all this stuff happens. It's a great story. Um, I don't think it's, it's... There's a couple different volumes. There's not... I think there's not a ton of comics out yet. I think I read about the first eight. I think there's maybe about 20, 21 of them out. But um, you kind of get into the depth of who Barlet is and who the family is, where they all come from. And it's a really cool little vampire story. And it takes place in like Hicksville, USA, Texas. And it's a really, really interesting little read. The art is, it, it's, it's messy, but it looks good in the context of what they're doing. And there's like little touches, like instead of Budweiser, he drinks Bloodweiser because he's got to drink I see what you did. And like, there's some really cool concept and arts, and and it's a really interesting take on this type of thing because you were feeling for these vampires that are people who feed on those in the night, and it's a really interesting way where it's like, we don't want to fight because if we fight, we wipe out an entire town. That's the way we do things because we want to make sure we're covered up and. We don't want to do this. We just kind of want to live our lives and be peaceful. Because if we got to go, everything's going to burn. That type of thing. That's what they got to kind of do. So it's a really interesting uh, storyline. But I suggest nice. it a lot. What did you say? I said nice. It sounds really good. Yeah. It actually sounds kind of cool. So I suggest it a lot. It's, it's by Image Comics. So again, this isn't something that's going to like go to Marvel or DC. Image is basically, if someone makes it, it's their property. So this is Donnie Kate's property. It's no one else's. So whatever happens to these characters, Donnie Cates deals with. That's the way Image works. So um, it's Redneck by Donnie Cates and art by Lysandra Estherin. Uh, pick it up at your local comic book shop. I think there's two volumes out so far. Um, and so pick those up anytime, and uh, I highly suggest it. So get out there. Cool, man. Right on. All right, so I think we're going to head over uh, this week to the uh, gentlemen's challenges and now it's time for the gentleman's challenge all right so the gentleman's challenge is when justin and i assign the other uh, something to watch something to do for the week uh, usually it's a TV show or a movie or play a certain type of game. And it's usually outside of our comfort zone so that we kind of drive the other crazy a little bit. Uh, and then to ensure that we do our homework, we are quizzed during the next episode. Uh, and so this week, I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, Justin assigned me Gilmore Girls. Uh, Actually, my well, wife assigned is more Gilmore is more crazy as I mean, which is fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's all right. I mean, I, uh, you know, I come up with all of my challenge ideas on my own, but you know, whatever, that's fine. Uh, all right. So Gilmore Girls, it's an hour long dramedy. Uh, that's the word I saw popping up. That's a mixture of drama <laughs> and comedy in case you weren't following along. I don't know why we can't do like something different, like comma, like, why, like, like, why can't we call it a comma? Get it? Because never mind. Anyway, it aired between 2000 and 2007. It was created by Amy Sherman Palladino. Uh, it was really popular for a very long time. Even had a Netflix revival. 
Uh, it stars Lauren Graham as Lorelai Gilmore and Alexis Bledel as her daughter, Rory. Uh, so those are, those are the two Gilmore girls. Though I guess technically there's, there's more because there's a grandmother. Uh, the show basically follows various trials and tribulations of the two um, in a small Connecticut town as Rory grows up. Uh, and then Lorelai has a tendency to drop zingers in every other sentence or so. And people at that point in time still cared about musical CDs. Uh, it was a simpler time. It was back when people had landlines and students passed notes on paper to each other that, rather than texting to one another. So uh, there was some flashbacks was there. A better time. It was. It was a little simpler time. Pepper's Farm remembers. Uh, so the first episode it sees Rory, the daughter, getting accepted into this schnazzy prep school named Chilton, uh, where everyone has really, really long chins. Uh, and she also <laughs> meets Sam Winchester uh, back when he strangely sounded like Skeet Ulrich when he talked. It's really strange. You should look it up. It actually really, it's, it's, I'm going to start that conspiracy because are, are Sam Winchester and Skeet Ulrich the same, same person? Have I don't know. Maybe. Same place, same time? I have. have. I haven't. Nope. Uh, so Lorelai, however, has to find a way to uh, pay for Rory's tuition, which becomes you know, the big driving point. And she eventually has to beg her mother, uh, who is a fairly domineering woman, and they don't really have the best of relationships. Uh, so that's the first episode. And then the second episode tracks Rory's first day at Chilton, uh, which includes her mother dropping her off in an outfit that made her look like Daisy Dukes because she forgot to do laundry. Uh, and a couple other things like her getting into what looks to be all sorts of different rivalries that are, might be going down at the private school. Um, but yeah, that is Gilmore Girls. So what did uh, so, you think about it? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Uh, I have nothing against it. Like it's, it's not, it's certainly not a show that I would uh, select to watch. Like I, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but at the, at the same time, like watching it, it was, it was good. It was quality. It was funny. Uh, there are good characters. There's some quirkiness. Uh, I, you know, there, I mean, you have to, it, it kind of hand wave certain things, <laughs> um, like just like any other show, like people ha like who are pressed for money just happen to live in kind of a much bigger and nicer, uh, home than you would expect. And they live in a small town in Connecticut, which is not in, uh, an inexpensive place to live. So like you take that kind of stuff out of the equation, who really cares? Right. Uh, but overall, no, it was funny. It was cool. There's some good characters, um, really good interaction between mother and the daughter. Like that's, I can see why people like it. I can see like the wholesomeness between that and how that is kind of heartwarming because it's a single mother raising a, a daughter. She had her when she was 16. Uh, so she's in her like 32 ish now, I think, uh, cause her daughter now is 16. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just not a show that's for me. You know, it's just not my type of show, but I it reminded, it. I think it's, it's the worst show ever. It's not, that's so ridiculous. It's not, that's not fair. Well, if your wife had watched it 80,000 times in the house, maybe you'd hate yeah. it too. Well, this is not a show that my wife would watch either. So, uh, no, I mean, like she watched it with me and we both chuckled. Like I would say this, like the show made me chuckle a lot here and there or grin, but like, I never got any full on laughs from it. And I just wonder if it's one of those things where like over the course of time, like the, the comedy lands like differently. Um, it reminded me of a show called Ed, uh, from NBC that I actually watched. It had that same kind of same kind of humor and sort of the same small town setting except in that one was in ohio and this one's in connecticut um this one tracks ed and but it's the same sort of hour-long dramedy with some comedy and with some you know some serious storylines in small town you know america or whatever so it had the same sort of tone and same kind of humor 
So I could see things about it that are, aren't bad. It's not a show I would want to watch because like uh, long-term, because I just don't think I would connect with the storylines all that much. Like, yeah. But at the same time, you're telling me you it, wouldn't connect with a teenage girl going through high school. No, I mean, in, any sense. probably not. Probably not. I did have two older sisters. So maybe, I don't know, but, uh, no, it's a good show. I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not going to dismiss it. I'm not going to say any bad things about it. Cause I do think it actually is solid. It's just not for me. And I, I probably won't watch any more of it. So well, I hope yeah. my wife is satisfied. That's all yeah. I'm say. But like, if, if you like that type of show, I mean, if you like Gilmore girl, I mean, if you like that type of show, or if you like dramedies, if you like shows like, um, like this is us or something that NBC has got going on now, or like, you know, like parenthood that was run on ABC for a while that are, it's a mixture of like the family the family soap opera and also comedy, like it's the same type of show, right? It's the same kind of category. It just so happens it's not my cup of tea. And that, that's fine. Just because it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean I can say it's a bad show. So, but that, yeah, it's okay. What do you got for me then? All right. Well, I got four questions that were submitted by my wife. All right. Okay. So, I'm probably not going to get any of these right. Yeah. So question one, how many cups of coffee has Lorelai already had when she when Luke asked her how many cups of coffee she had? So how many cups of coffee? Oh, um, hmm, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. I don't really remember. Um, she three. says none, and then he says, no. "Really, how many?" She goes, "Plus five. Plus five. Okay. So. I was just gonna guess three. Okay. Um, okay. I have a point I want to make. Like, why is she letting her sixteen year old daughter drink coffee? Like, stop that. Like, that's don't don't let your kids it's drink bad, coffee, bad caffeine." Man. Too much caffeine for no, kids is bad. No, I totally agree with the diner guy. Stop drinking all that coffee. It's crazy. All right. Yeah. So, second question. Okay. Yeah. How does Rory think she got into Chilton? How does Rory think that she? Uh, got she into thinks Chilton? the mother uh, had sex with the head ma- headmaster. <laughs> that is correct, sir. He had sex that with is, him. That is correct. The dirty kind, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> question number three. All right. Why does Rory really not want to go to Chilton? What's the real reason? Because she met Sam Winchester, and he's freaking adorable. Like, are you serious? Uh, What's his name? Uh, In the show? Like, what do you mean, the actor or the character? The thing that's funny about it, what's his brother's name in... uh... Well, his name, I know his name is Dean, because I made that joke immediately. Isn't that funny? Sam Winchester, and then he's like, I'm Dean. I'm like, wait, what? No, you're Your brother's Dean. confused. No. Yeah, it's uh, his name is Dean, but it, he'll always be Sam Winchester to me. His yeah. brother's Dean Winchester. What is yeah. that? What's that TV show? That's uh, that's Supernatural, man. Supernatural, yeah. Which I thought yeah. was hilarious. Okay, yeah. so you're two for four so far. Yeah. Last question: What okay. nickname is given to Rory on her first day at Chilton? She's called Mary because apparently, and I and I I guessed this, uh, and I was very happy when it turned out I was right. I assumed they were calling her Mary as like a Virgin Mary joke because like <laughs> she was most perfect. And so there's that point part where she gets picked up by her mother at the end, and the, and and she explains the joke to Rory, and she's like, "Yeah, they called you Virgin Mary, you know, you know, as a Virgin Mary reference." And then she's like, "Well, what about if I was a whore?" And they're like, "Well, then they probably call you like." Mary, Mary Magdalene or something. So I'm like, hey, look, I guessed that. And I was right. But yeah, they call her, uh, that one annoying dude calls her Mary all the time. Well, you, sir, got three out of four for your uh, quiz created that. by my wife. Um, I dominated that. Yeah. This is a very Chrissy-centric challenge. Um, I'm pretty ever- proud of it. I, I did pretty good. It was, again, it was a good, it was a good show. It's just not yeah. for me. That's all. It's, it's a good show. Me. It's just not for me. I've heard that theme song 
more in my life than I'd like to have. Oh, I actually skipped the theme song. I, uh, Netflix lets I you do that. I wish my wife oh. would do that. It's driving me nuts. Is it? Is it? There she goes. Is that what it is? I will follow anywhere. Oh, no, 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 no. You're gonna have to cut that out because that's just that's so bad. Nope. No, that's not what I thought. Because I know the first episode starts with sixpence number. I wish richer. I could edit my brain like I would do these podcasts. I just... Whenever I hear a sixpence none the richer song, it just gets stuck in my head for like a week. It's so frustrating. <laughs> So anyway, three out of four. I'm pretty proud of that one. That's solid. All right. Okay. Yeah, your turn, buddy. What do you got? So I was given the assignment of Welcome to Night Vale. That is correct. Um, Welcome to Night Vale is a podcast. It's a, this is the way to describe it. Welcome to Night Vale is a twice monthly podcast in the style of community updates for the small desert town of Night Vale, featuring local weather, news announcements from the sheriff's secret police. Mysterious lights in the night sky, dark hooded figures, and unknowable powers and cultural events. Turn on your radio and hide. So that's how it's yeah. described. Um, yeah. So basically, I, I, I listened to like the first five of these because they're, they're addicting, right? They're amazing. Uh, they're just so ridiculous. It's just it's like it's a it's a news it's a newscast of the most ridiculous place ever. Like. It's as if the Twilight Zone and uh, Doctor Who collided into one town, okay. and all the ridiculous things happen there. And it's got a little Twin Peaksy to me. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. A little yeah. Twin Peaks, which, like something it's like that. It's just yeah. really strange. Some of my favorite lines are like, um, they did the, like, the Weekly Bulletin, and the best yeah. line from the Weekly Bulletin was Wednesday is canceled, and I was like, yeah, That's Wednesday's so canceled, yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> And then, like, yeah. the glow cloud was great because the glow cloud is, like, uh, in the second episode, oh, they report cloud. about a glow cloud that's hovering over oh, the city, an ominous glow cloud, and what it does is it drops dead animals. That's true. That are, like, you know, dead uh, pe- uh, family pets from the sky. Mm-hmm. And they go, if you need to, so basically it's a guy giving a service announcement about it because it's a newscast. Don't worry if you need to dispose of the animal carcasses. Just throw them into the eternal pyre, where uh. we where we get rid of all of these animal carcasses. Can you tell me where? Because that's a question. You got half. You're halfway there. It's the eternal animal pyre, but where is the eternal animal pyre? Because the question was, how does a Night Vale animal control suggest people dispose of dead animals? You have the internal animal pyre, but where is the internal animal pyre? I can't remember where. I'll have to give half points. I can't remember. It's called Mission Grove Park, but yeah, you got half of it for sure. Yeah, it's just—it's so weird and quirky, and like there's things that are just one shots. It's like one shot jokes. Yeah, yeah. But then there's also things that that build over time. Like, there's the, uh, I think it's a white guy who dresses up like he's a Native American in That's the most true. ridiculous ways. And now there was a, uh, sounded like a demon being banished at the post office. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's the best way they could describe it. And so he went to investigate <laughs> with yep. his Native American uh, ways, yep. even though he's not Native American. And he yep. went in there to figure out what happened. All he found was the charred remains of what looks like a demon uh, scarring amongst the, across the, all of the bookshelves and stuff. Yeah. So it's like these really interesting like stories of like ridiculousness. Um, yes. And I think it's, it's a really fun show to listen to. I tell you what it's great for. I have like a 15 minute transport to school every day. I could put right. one of these on 
and in my uh, in my commute to work, I can get through one episode. That's what mm-hmm. I was doing during the week. I was just listening, and they're just so weird. Yeah, and each episode's in the twenty-five to thirty-minute range. Yeah, so it's it's they're pretty short. So like, if you got a fifteen-minute commute, like there and back, you're you're done. Yeah. So like, for sure. and every one of them seem like uh like it's a guy's pitch for some sci-fi show he wants. Every single one of them's a pitch. Right. The one thing I think is cool about it too is that there you can kind of jump in anytime. Like you don't oh, have yeah. to listen from the beginning. Like each episode, you can just yeah. yeah, you just listen to anywhere. Like. I mean, you'll definitely like. There's callbacks from time to time, or there's references, but I, I, I don't think they're. But they always talk about the hooded figures. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. Thing so like, about. and this sheriff's secret police, or you know, and, and Mission Grove Park comes back, and all sorts of different places come back. So like, but you can definitely, uh, you can you can definitely jump in at any point in time. And there's a ton of episodes. Another together. great one was like um, three years or so. They are building a new. They decided to build a new uh, stadium. That costs like seven hundred million dollars, something like that. <laughs> and the whole reason they want to is so that one day a year, the hooded figures can have a parade. Right. It's, I mean, they need a parade. Clo- it's, 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 it's supposed reasonable. to be closed the other three hundred sixty-four days a year. It's not allowed right. to have anyone in it. And it's just like, it's so strange and so funny. But I, I enjoyed it. Um, awesome. I don't know but, if I'll go through all 177 episodes of it, but yeah, I just double checked. It started in June 14th, 2012. So it's been yeah. on for six years. It's by Joseph Fink and Jeffrey Craner. They're the writers. Um, and I think it's, I can't remember who does the And voice. the way they said uh, the episode is so funny. Yeah, I don't they're like, you're my best friend. And it's like, that's so weird. <laughs> Cecil Baldwin. That's the, that's the yeah. guy who does the voice. So it was really good. It's like a radio news broadcast. So yeah. It's awesome. So right, you... what are your quiz questions? I got, I got okay. one. Yeah. You got half of one. So okay. I have five total questions. You already got one. We already, you, you kind of flirted with one. Okay. Uh, and so I'm going to give you that. I'm going to start there. So of what descent is the Indian tracker? That's what he's actually called, the Indian tracker. That's what they yeah, he's the Indian nice. tracker. He wears, I think he's... Uh, you, you're right. He's white, and he wears a headdress, and it's really offensive. But um, what descent is he? I think he's of Dutch descent. Oh, that's so close. You're in the right general area of the world. It's Slavic, however. Oh, it's a Slavic okay. descent. But you're very close. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm okay with that one because that's you're a real You're pretty hard close, one. though. Yeah. yeah, you're in the ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. What do the different helicopters mean? Because there's different types of helicopters. And how do you distinguish helicopters from each other? Oh, I don't remember that one. I do remember that if there's trash with a red flag on it, go away from it. <laughs> which is really weird. Right, uh, right. I don't remember. That. I remember the black helicopters mean it's okay, everything's okay. Mm. Mm. I, I can't remember. Okay, black is a secret government agency. Yeah. Blue is for the sheriff's secret police. Uh-huh. And helicopters that are painted bird with birds of prey on them are unknown, but they're really dangerous, and no one should play near them. <laughs> Nobody. Weird. Okay. Right, some so some of these things I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. 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 Um, then, uh, what's the best way to die? What was According it? to the podcast. Best way to die. Oh, best man. Best way to die. Best way to die. Was it being abducted by the head of figures? Oh, no, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. Uh, I'm going to give you a hint. It happened to John Voigt once. Happened to John Voigt. I can't remember. Uh, 
Okay. In yeah, a movie with Jennifer hunter? Lopez and Eric Stoltz. Oh, being swallowed by a snake because... Swallowed whole by a giant snake. It's being yes. swallowed whole by a giant snake because that's how you were brought into this world. It wouldn't exactly. be ironic that that's how you go out. Right. I have I have a strange terror, by the way, of being swallowed whole by a giant snake. I am not... Uh, I don't like really large snakes because of that. Um, because of anaconda? Is that the whole reason? Just anaconda? Yeah, and like I don't feel like I'm ever gonna run into an anaconda. But Thanks, like, Ice Cube. Like, there's really not many of those in Arizona, but uh, yeah. Anyway, like I don't <laughs> mind being eaten by a shark, but I just don't want to be swallowed. Is that why you moved to Arizona? Because it's the furthest thing from a rainforest. Uh, <laughs> type yeah, of like so dry. There's no way that the anaconda's here. Perfect. <laughs> okay, last question. Okay, what was the sheriff's suggestion for dealing with the glow cloud? How should people deal with it? How should people deal with the glow cloud? All hail. Yeah, all hail glow cloud. Yes. Uh, to have an umbrella that can uh, take the weight of a 10-pound animal hitting it. And oh. then to just ignore it. Oh, oh no. Because they're saying like, cause there's was, there was animals dropping from it, so if you yes. had an umbrella. Yes, that's true. But the way that the sheriff's secret police actually suggests is you run directly at it shrieking just to see what it does <laughs> it's such a dumb show uh yeah i love that show it's a great blend of just like weird sci-fi stuff but it's so funny it's so it's weird so weird funny. oh my god i love it it's such smart funny humor. i enjoyed it i uh, highly recommend it i'm glad you liked it i'm glad you liked it if you just want right. to sit and think like what is happening it's a good yeah. show to listen to yeah, it's a great little show. Definitely recommend yeah. it uh, if you haven't checked it out yet. Okay, you ready for new challenges? Absolutely, I am. Okay, so uh, so we're starting a new trilogy for me, and so I'm doing a podcast trilogy for you. We started with Welcome to Night Vale, uh, and the new one I would like you to listen to. First two episodes, uh, but if you want to le- listen to more, that's fine. Uh, this one's called Lime Town. All right. Lime Town, like the fruit. Is this, Lime a, Town. Is this a newscast as well? It is more of a pseudo documentary style. Okay. Like a, right. it has that kind of format. Okay. Uh, about a, a kind of an overarching mystery of Limetown. So that's All right, what so I like. So, my next. challenge for you. Okay. This is, uh, this is another suggestion from another friend. Oh, man. Uh, okay. That's fine. That's okay. I mean, so, yeah. whatever. It I is uh, Mythica, Ooh. a quest for heroes. Starring Kevin Sorbo. Oh, this sounds great. And you can find it on Amazon Prime. Oh, I will find it. It's, I uh, will find I've it. seen all of the the uh, the cover arts for these movies, and mm. they're awful looking. So I hope it follows um, up. Okay. See, you've uh, I've lured you into a false sense of like you think I'm going to hate this, but it's <laughs> yeah. a crappy Kevin Sorbo it's movie. It's got to be good. That's like fantasy something or other right that's like right in my wheelhouse man i love those movies like (laughs) man i grew up on mystery science theater come on i love watching bad movies and making fun of them it's like one of my my favorite pastimes all right all right so i got mythica and you've got limetown and with that we are done with uh, this week's challenges so i feel like it's time to close this sucker down uh let's tell them where they can find us up on the interwebs uh if you want to Get in touch with us. You can catch us on Twitter at LollygaggerCo. It's L-O-L-L-Y-G-A-G-G-E-R-C-O. 
Uh, you can also catch us on our website, lalagagercode.com, uh, where we, it's basically just a blog where we post a lot of our, uh, all of our episodes and occasionally post a couple other videos uh, from a friend of ours who does, uh, who likes to do some comedy YouTube video game uh, videos as well. So uh, we're still kind of in the process of getting out and going, uh, but if you want to check us out there, you can find us as well. Uh, Justin does some streaming, but he's on a little break until the end of the semester, uh, but you can catch up on Twitch uh, when the time comes. I'm sure Justin will let us know when he's back in, in, in be ready soon. to go. It'll be soon. about a week or two. Yep. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so lollygagger at lollygagger co. Uh, we're doing lots of fun stuff up on Twitter, uh, responding to getting into some, uh, sending out some different articles I'm reading and various, I put up some pictures the other day of some, some, you see those pictures I paint of, uh, those miniatures I, uh, I painted those King yeah, of Death is, Monster it's, miniatures. It's good. It's good. good stuff, right? That's, okay. uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, so it's pretty exciting. So with that, my friend, I think there's only one thing left for us to do, right? Oh yeah. All right. So I'll go ahead and start us off. I want to thank the 90s, like the decade. So the 80s are getting a rebirth these days and getting all the attention with their neon color schemes and board and video game remakes and Predators coming back and stuff like that. But if it wasn't for the 90s, I wouldn't have all this flannel and corduroy. So uh, be patient, 1990s. You will rise again one day. To the people that I was uh, sitting around during my second viewing of Infinity War, I want to thank you because watching your reactions during the end of the movie made it so priceless because I knew everything that was about to happen and you didn't. So, thank you. Alright, so people who do English voiceover work for foreign Netflix shows, I might not actually listen to anything you do because I prefer the subtitles. Uh, but I feel like it's an impossible gig and everyone's just going to complain about your work, but uh, I still want to say thank you and, uh, and chin up, buddy. And finally, to my brother, who keeps sending me his uh, grinder photo applications <laughs> to try and prove to me that he has some type of abs going on. What's going I don't, on? I don't really want to know what you're putting up on the internet, but it makes me happy to know that you decided to send them to me as well.